If you have your scriptures, I am now going to share the message. Uh, I will be uh, reading Psalm 143. Uh, however, how many of you have ever been at what we call in our culture at end's wits? Been there. I mean, I'm the only one. Hypocrites, liars. Come on, people. That you're like, wits end, there you go. You guys know, you, you guys, those of you who are from old, you know I invert things. Fix it for me. Tell me, so what is it? Wits end, ends with, I said. It, makes, it doesn't make any sense either, or to me. <laughs> because it's not a phrase that I grew up with. So it's very foreign for me. So it's what? Wits end? Not which end, but which end. Okay. Which right. <laughs> end where, where you're about to lose everything. And, 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 or you think your life is about over. Okay, I mean, sick in bed and you think this is it? How many of you have, have had that? I haven't been there yet, but uh, how many of you have been in experiences, in family life experiences that you wish the earth would open up and swallow you or you would go into a deep sleep and never wake up again or pinch yourself? Is this reality? Exactly. Well, guess what? I'm going to share with you how one of these guys who experienced what we were talking about, how he felt. But this guy apparently had enough sense with himself to, to go and, and throw it all out at the Lord. Lay it all out. Let's listen to this psalm. Psalm 143. And listen to and for the word of the Lord. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Listen to my plea. Answer me because you are faithful and righteous. Don't put your servant on trial, for no one is innocent before you. My enemies have chased me. He has knocked me down to the ground and forces me to live in darkness like those in the grave. I am losing all hope. I am paralyzed with fear. I remembered the days of old. I ponder all your great works and think about what you have done. I lift my hands to you in prayer. I thirst for you as parched land thirsts for rain. Come quickly, Lord, and answer me, for my depression is just getting deeper and deeper. Don't turn away from me, for I will die. Let me hear from your unfailing love each morning, for I want to trust in you. Show me where to walk, for I give myself to do your will, for you are my God. May your gracious spirit Lead me forward on a firm footing for the glory of your name, O Lord. Preserve my life because of your faithfulness. Bring me out of this distress. In your unfailing love, silence all my enemies and destroy all my foes. For I am your child. The word of the Lord. It is amazing how, how we are able to express our deep feelings 
And before God, we do not have to pretend. That's a clicker. We don't have to pretend. We don't have to hide ourselves. We can be who we are before God. This month here at Ladder Hope, for those of you who are visiting, uh, you're going to get a quick review of, of what's been happening here. The last three Sundays, I've been preaching a series of the Spirit of God, the amazing person of God who makes it happen for us here and today. It is the Spirit of God that makes Christ's salvation vivid, vital, real, and active here today. It is the Spirit of God that applies the promises of God to your life and my life here in time and space according to our clocks. It is the Spirit of God that makes things happen. And the first week we studied that the Spirit of God is, is, a, is the Spirit of unity. And we saw this last few weeks how, how the agenda of one individual who wanted to create a race war elicited a different kind of reaction and the nation has become united under love. Because it is the spirit of unity who rules and not the spirit of hate. We have seen also, uh, in the second week, we spoke about the spirit of truth. How the spirit of God is going to take us, is going to walk us, is going to guide us, is going to show you the truths about God. Who God really is, and not who we think God really is. Some of us may be afraid of God because we've messed it up, and we're waiting for God's punishment. No, 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 no. God's forgiveness is there. God's Jesus' blood has already been shed. There is nothing you can do. Nothing else. God loves you. Our response is to just fall at his feet and follow Jesus every day of our lives. So the spirit of truth leads us to truth about God, to truths about ourselves. And those are the ones we don't like to find out. But when we found out the truths about ourselves, the spirit of truth also leads us to the spirit of life, which is Jesus. You see, then the spirit of life leads us to the life of Jesus, to a life not conformed to this world, not bound by the emotions and the negativity of this world, but by the hope that God gives each one of us to soar above and beyond our mere existence, to live the life that God intended it. Today, very briefly, look at that. I want to show, share with you about the spirit of grace. And let me tell you, this week, this last week, I spent a lot of times in runways. I went, yeah, we went up to Michigan. But it was that trip from hell. <laughs> Dudes, five hours delay on the way up? Because air conditioners were bursting on aircraft so they wouldn't put us in those things so that we wouldn't bake? As those aluminum tubes are flying through the air at 400 miles an hour, what faith. <laughs> so the spirit of grace I want to share with you. Oh, it was an experience. The spirit of grace, the spirit of God pouring, drenching, and welcoming you and I into God's family, refreshing our lives. So, so yes, I spent a lot of time in runways, big ones and small ones, in bigger cities and, 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 and smaller cities. I really intended to go to one city. I ended up going to five. Uh, the weather was not friendly. The, either it was too hot or too rainy. The, the airplanes, now I like this, the airplanes were swerving and going up and down and down where you, you felt your heart up here. I like that. 
The aircraft sways, rises, dives, and in all attempts to avoid the worst weather, I don't know what was worse than what we were going through. But the clencher was the returning nightmare. Living Grand Rapids with an airplane full of elementary school kids, full, chock full of kids who were going, guess where? To Disney World! Because that flight took us from Grand Rapids all the way down to Orlando, which we never got there. But the kids were so excited. They actually put a smile on every passenger's face. Every time the airplane would dive into one of those never-ending dives, they would all raise up their hands like if they were in a roller coaster. Yeah! (laughs) Except for little Eric. There's always one. And little Eric was just across the aisle with grandma. Little Eric did not want to be in the window. I became aware of little Eric because at one time he's looking out the window and we're going through clouds and he actually asked the question, is the plane moving? Did the plane stop in midair? Because in the clouds he couldn't see the motion. And I looked to the side like, what a great question. And I began to talk with grandma and we began to know each other very, oh, we had a lot of time to get to know little Eric. And every kid who was in that flight, looking forward to spend the week at the Orlando parks. But every time we took off, and every time we landed at another runway, those runways were welcomed. You know that? Oh, we look forward for those runways. You know, they put us on a spin cycle over a lake in Orlando, and we just kept seeing the same thing over and over and over again, over and over and over again. That's why little Larry said, did we stop? He was also wondering. Those runways were welcomed. Those airports were sought for in our hearts. Oh, we were all pretending to have fun with the kids, but... Deep down, we're human beings. We don't belong up there. (laughs) So I'm sure if I put off my fun cap and put on my shrink hat, we would have a lot of anxiety. But we were expressing our anxiety, camouflaging it with the joy of the kids. It was an adventure. You see, a runway is a desirable place when you're in that situation. It is specifically designed for safety. It is specifically designed to welcome you in, in the good way. It is a symbol of coming home. It is a symbol of a steady and moving foundation. In an airport, aircrafts can take off, they can land, and they find rest. You see, in Scripture... Grace has two definitions. The first definition of grace is the classic one, the unmerited gift of God, meaning that you and I don't deserve this gift, but God in God's goodness, because God wanted to do it, don't ask why, he just did. He pours it out on us, telling us, I know you've messed up, but guess what? You are forgiven, you are my child, and you don't need to explain anything. Do you hear that? Did you hear that? You are my child, 
You are mine and you do not need to explain anything. I didn't have the privilege of sitting in the windows in these trips. Tiffany was, and she didn't like to look outside. So I was out of my comfort zone not knowing how up or low we were in relation to the airport. But I survived. No big deal. The interesting thing was that the plane, every single time, was able to land Safely. I actually had a cup of coffee with Mark. Mark was the captain. And Mark was telling me that the engineers were sending him routes to go. He says, "Uh uh-uh, we ain't going to go that route. So we're going to sit here and wait for another route that I feel comfortable in taking you guys. I like, we we like that guy, didn't we? But you see... In grace, it is God who opens the doors for you and me to come close to God. It is like, a, so if, if, if in the airport we're looking for a landing strip for that runway, it is also home, a lighthouse. It is like a lighthouse to a ship, that place that you know that you find security. Classic definition of grace is the unmerited favor of God, meaning that your sins are forgiven, that God is no longer angry with you, that God is inviting you to live the life with God, not all of a sudden, but as you grow, and God is not blaming you anymore for anything. God has given you that grace freely, unconditionally, and it's there, there, firm. Grace is the means by which God brings us closer to God. You see? Grace is the means, is the glue that keeps us bound to the divine. We cannot earn it, we cannot invent it, we cannot pretend it, we cannot steal it. And grace is offered by God freely. It is not grace and good works. It is not grace and good behavior. It is not grace and following the church. It is not grace and something else. Scripture tells us that we are saved by grace alone. For by grace we are saved through faith. And this faith is not even ours. It is a gift of God so that nobody, no one may boast. I see this redeeming grace like the runway or landing site for an airplane like ours. Grace prepares the perfect conditions. Grace is there that the landing strip ready for us to come down, rest, and guess what? Take off again. Because the second definition of grace is not so much the, the fact that we receive grace, it's what we do with that grace that we have received. Do we sit and assure the fire insurance after we die and do nothing with it? That's not the intention that God had for it. Because the second definition of grace that we find in Scripture is called empowering grace. The grace that empowers, fortifies, encourages, enlightens, guides, speaks, inspires us to soar, to say the things that you normally would not say for the name of the Lord. That's the empowering faith that makes you do things that after you do them, it says, why did I do that? But it was all good. What possessed me to do something like that that's so good? The spirit of grace. Because with the same grace that we have been given, we are to offer it to others. We are to live in a world where we receive grace, not to bottle it up and lock it up, but to share it, to let it go out, out, 
out to others. That means the same acceptance, unconditional love, the same lack of not tolerance, acceptance that God has for us, we are to have it for one another. The power to serve, to make a difference, to renew, to change our minds, because the way that life changes is by the changing and renewing of our minds. Not by getting more money necessarily, but by the renewing of our minds. By the changing of the way we think, that is the way that our life changes. Uh, Has anybody heard that before? Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. You see, this grace is empowering, and it's the power to make the difference in the name of Jesus and others. But notice the plane I put there, a glider. That's a glider. That thing flies without any engine. Did you hear that? That thing flies without any engine. This one has powerful engines. Yeah. I like those. I would feel more comfortable in an airplane with those kind of things in it than with that one. (laughs) Actually, in order for that glider to take off, it needs one of these. To pull it, to drag it. And then it goes up. Now, it comes down on its own. I don't know how. (laughs) But I'm showing you the glider because the life in the spirit does not require us to use our engines. Tough, huh? The spirit of grace is the one that makes this baby fly. You and I can fly that one. But God intended us not to fly like that, but like that. Because it is not by force or by our strength that we live the life of grace. But it is by the power, by my spirit, says the Lord. You get it? Many times in church and in teams and and decision-making, we want to function like that because we can control that. There's all sorts of instrumentations that tells us how that baby's going to fly. And Captain Mark said, "Uh -uh, we're not going to go that route because I can't control that thing in that place. Through all those hills of clouds and thunders and lightnings and rains. But God is asking us to fly like this. To rely, to trust, to depend on God for our lives. It's a process. It requires a lot. You see, Jesus said that if you try to save your life, if you try to live like this, Jesus says, if you try to save your life, if you try to hang on to your stuff, You will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will win. It doesn't make sense. That thing doesn't have an engine. But where's your faith? 
If God says that we can soar by the grace of his spirit, are you going to go that way? You can. And you'll fly. But it won't be like this. It'll be on your own strength and not in the power of God. But let God transform you into a new person by changing your way of thinking. Little Eric, oh, he was there. Scared every bump, he tied up a little bit more. Every turn, his knuckles got wider. Grandma was reading a book, veteran flyer. And I saw her little annoyance at the kid because she was reading a wonderful book and, and she had to close it up and explain to him, we don't go down like this. We go down like this, not like this. <laughs> little Eric, after a while, you know, he sat in the middle. He didn't want to see out the, out the windows. Grandma would wisely explain what was happening in that airplane. After a while, little Eric became aware of the kids in the airplane. They began to cheer every turn. Yeah. Every nosedive. Actually, landing in Fort Myers, I realized all the kids were saying, here comes the bump. Here comes the bump. The landing bump. When the tires hit the runway. They were looking forward for the bump, and from the first line of the plane all the way to the back, here comes the bump, here comes the bump, here comes the bump, 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 bump. And when we hit that bump, yay! And then you know the airplane is, the captain is pulling all engines back, the flaps are way up to stop that speed. Oh no! They went, yeah! And little Eric, when we landed in Fort Myers, he kind of enjoyed that. When we got back in the airplane from Fort Myers to Orlando, Eric requested the window. And it was not the best of the flights to request the windows. It was the worst one. <laughs> but little Eric now began to see the sways and the swirls, the ups and downs in trust. Not because so much as what grandma was saying, because grandma... <laughs> She knows everything, but I'm not feeling it, he said. But when he heard his companion, his peers, his age group, yeah, whoa, and as we're landing in Orlando, I hear little Eric shouting, here comes the bump, guys. He's telling everybody. We were in, in, in chair four or eight. We were up front, somewhere like that. So everybody in the back. And when we landed in Orlando, the steward said, we finally made it, and all the kids were clapping, laughing, hands up. We had landed in a safe and secure place. Little Eric's fear had transformed, and now he was enjoying the ride along with everybody else. Oh, they were going to Disney, but little Eric said, I can't wait till we get back on. Are we going to do the same route? <laughs> and grandma said, I hope not. <laughs> My question to you this morning. The spirit of grace is offered 
It is a sure foundation to land. It is a sure foundation to grow. It is the spirit of grace that offers the power to soar, change our lives, little by little. It is the spirit of grace that brings us together and helps us to tolerate as we're changing little by little. And you see my ugly side, and I get to see your ugly side, and you get to see my ugly side again, and I get to see your ugly side again. And then months from now, we don't get to see our ugly side, but something else comes up. Because it is the spirit of grace that allows us to be one family of many diverse backgrounds in the unity of Christ who sent us his spirit. Respond to the spirit. Listen to the spirit of grace and yield your life to the Spirit. Amen.